this is the Something Odd podcast with Rachel and Rachel, where we are going to tell each other and you something odd each episode. This is episode two, Whee. and I do believe it's my turn to go first. So it. today I'm going to tell you about Canic Chase in Ooh. Staffordshire. So Canic Chase is an area of outstanding natural beauty in Staffordshire in the Midlands. It's sprawled out over Stafford, Canic and Lichfield and is actually beautiful. So my in-laws used to live overlooking Canic Chase. It's all rolling hills and trees. It's very beautiful. Imagine my surprise when, whilst looking up British urban legends, the words Canic Chase popped up on my Google search. I clicked the link. And a vortex of madness spewed forth. An actual vortex. An actual vortex of madness. Uh, apparently, it is the place to go to for urban legends, and mm. I had, like, no idea. I suppose you could, instead of saying urban legends, you could also say paranormal activity, if you believe that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of the stuff on Canic Chase is stuff that has been disproved yeah. or comes from odd places so uh initially i happened upon the fact that there have been black-eyed children seen there since the 1980s are you familiar with black-eyed children no no <laughs> sounds like the voice of a woman who doesn't want to be familiar with <laughs> black-eyed children you could tell me about them um so in the states uh, it, it's very much a creepy pasta thing mm-hmm. with like stories of um, people having knocks on their front door and they open the door and these kids try to come in and then people talking to them realise there's something really odd about them and they can't put the finger on it and then they realise that they've got like completely black, blank eyes. Okay. Um, it's obviously a bit more in depth than that. But yeah, so uh, apparently on Canic Chase is a small girl who attracts people by screaming. Or beckoning. Behavior. Yeah. And when they find her, sometimes they, she beckons them over and sometimes she stands with her hands over her eyes. She just stares at them with black eyes until they either run away or she vanishes or both, which is horrifying. Yeah, I didn't think I would uh, appreciate yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> so who knows though, maybe maybe the creepy pastor of the state started from someone reading a story from over here and Yeah. Or seeing someone and kind of yeah. emigrating because <laughs> yeah. it was that scary <laughs> um, either way anyway it turned out that by looking into the black eyed girl on Canic Chase I was digging myself into a deep metaphorical pit of insanity things that have been cited on the Canic Chase include Bigfoot UFOs, werewolves, black eyed children and another creature that I'm not going to reveal until the end Okay. because I think it's worth holding out for <clears throat> I'm going to kick off with Bigfoot. Okay. Because apparently, like, no paranormal hotspot seems to be complete without loads of Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. Especially places where there's a lot of UFO sightings. Um, according to an article in the Birmingham Mail, reliable source. Yeah, great, great news. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot sightings have been happening in this area since 1879. Charlotte Sophia Burton wrote in, the Shropshire, in Shropshire Folklore that... On the 21st of January 1879, a labouring man was employed to take a cart of luggage from Ranton in Staffordshire to Woodcock beyond Newport in Shropshire. 
He was late in coming back, his horse was tired, and could only crawl along at a foot's pace, so that, was, so that it was ten o'clock at night when he arrived at the place where the high road crossed the Birmingham and Liverpool Canal. Just before he reached the canal bridge, a strange black creature with great white eyes sprang out of the plantation by the roadside and alighted on his horse's back. He tried to push it off with a whip, but to his horror the whip went through the thing and he dropped it onto the ground in fright. Obviously, my favourite quote about this encounter was that when the policeman visited the witness a number of days later, after listening to his description, the policeman explained, That was the monkey man, sir! <laughs> <laughs> but actually, there's loads of recent sightings of Bigfoot on Cannock Chase. Okay. Though obviously now it's part of the folklore of the land, people are more susceptible to thinking they see things or possibly making up stories to keep the myth alive. Oh, However, there's just like a really tall, hairy guy. Oh, there's just alive. a really tall, hairy man that lives in Canuck. However, <laughs> in 2008, someone reported being chased by a terrifying beast through Canuck Chase at two in the morning. And what I would say to that is, if you are in Canuck at two in the morning, I'd be expecting to be chased by terrifying beasts. So, that's why you should always be in bed. Yeah. By eight o'clock. Yeah. Like me. Uh, there's ghosts as well, in case you were worried we were missing the full gamut of inexplicable things on the chase. And apparently there were the remains... Of, sorry, I'm laughing at Winston trying to dig up his non-existent food. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and apparently there were the remains of three murdered girls found there in the 1960s, which a lot of people associate with the black-eyed girl. Okay. There's also a tall lady who has a bit of a penchant for standing in the middle of the road late at night. Question. The bodies yeah did they think the girl the black eyed girl killed those people or is one of those i ghosts? think they think it is one of those ghosts okay. yeah although uh what makes me think a lot of the kind of chase stuff is bullshit is that there's like not really a lot of like you can't really dig deep it's quite hard to dig deep yeah it's all a lot of sort of hearsay. newspaper articles and here so uh anyway uh, there's apparently a lot of UFO activity on the chase, mm. including light shows. And in 2016, residents around the chase reported lots of strange sounds, followed by a huge craft over their houses, which they couldn't identify. But the other thing about the area is that there's a fair amount of military a- aircraft activity. Yes. So the idea that this was some new unknown top secret aircraft isn't entirely out of the running. Maybe the people in Staffordshire are just part of some Stranger Things level military cover-up and we'll never know. Possibly. Mm. However, this is all just a run-up to the best creature on Canuck Chase. Okay. The one that I didn't name earlier. <clears throat> it is. The Pigman of Canuck Chase. Ah, Pigman. 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 What what places? Tell me more. Tell you more. Best thing about Pigman, apart from his name, he also comes with his own rhyme. Okay. <laughs> when night falls, enter the woods at your peril, for inside lurks something worse than the devil. Avoid at all cost the gathering place, where at midnight the pigman roams canic chase. Oh. <laughs> I mean Stupid though it sounds, puts me off going on Canic Chase. Yeah. I mean, I'm not raring to go there at any point soon. No, no. <clears throat> but uh, who knew 
that when I was growing up in Staffordshire, I was near a hotspot for cryptozoology, Bigfoot, mm. werewolves, and now a pigman. So I'm going to quote something from Cryptids Wiki. Font of all knowledge. Go for it. According to the local legend, this creepy monster originated when World War II had just recently ended and British and American scientists joined allegiances to conduct a series of peculiar experiments. Well, why join up to do something boring? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the tests went too far. Mm. I mean, given I've that I've started that. this. Yeah, I've seen this episode of Sherlock, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, they abducted a woman, hypnotised her, and then impregnated her with an artificial human pig DNA seed oh, no. in an attempt to create a creature to perform their tests upon. Ooh. The scientists closely monitored the woman for 10 months and they finally determined that the horrible test did not work. Yay! So she was pregnant for 10 months? Or a year later... They... Oh, it hasn't ended there. Oh, okay. A year later, they were stunned to discover that her pregnancy was severely delayed. <laughs> she bore a baby human who had the snout and face of a pig. Much later, this creature retreated into the woods of Cannock Chase to avoid the pre- prejudicial glances of human eyes. Prejudicial. Thank you. You're welcome. For decades, people have since then reported seeing a tall man with the head of a pig roaming about the mysterious landscape. Oh, poor guy. Poor pig man. Yeah. Poor pig. He's basically Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Lee Brickley, who is the person who... All these stories seem to emanate from because he's apparently the person researching. Okay. Or else he is the person who all these stories are emanating from. Does he call himself a traceologist? (laughs) It's the person most responsible for trying to get the area investigated. Writing a book called UFOs, Werewolves and the Pigman, Exposing England's Strangest Location, Canic Chase. The title should never be that long. No. And he, but it's worth talking about him because he got this wonderful email. Okay. Which I'm going to read to you now. Detailing a first-hand account of an encounter with the pigman of Canning Chase. Dear Mr Brickley, I've seen something rather odd on Canning Chase that I think may be of some interest to you. In October 1993, whilst walking around Castle Ring, myself and the wife heard some strange noises coming from the surrounding trees. Thinking it was likely to be a local couple enjoying an illicit liaison. A bit of dogging. Because, brackets, <laughs> this is what we should actually have Assume, covered yeah. at the front of this episode. Yeah. Is that Canic Chase is also a really well-known dogging spot. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Thinking it was likely to be a local couple enjoying an illicit liaison, we quickly moved away from the sound and headed back in the direction of our car. Upon reaching the steps down to the car park, I happened to turn around and lay my eyes on the strangest creature I've ever seen. This thing was seven feet tall. From neck down, it looked like a man, even wearing clothes. Wearing clothes. Was he getting clothes Where did he buy them from? Yeah. Right, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) But its head was far too big for a human, and it had an elongated face with a snout-like nose. When I pointed out to my wife... She became terrified. It's rude to point out, I just want to say. <laughs> so we started walking more quickly towards our car. I'd say if I'm standing by a man with a pig head who's seven feet tall, mm. I'm not going to start walking quickly. I'm probably going to run. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I want to say that I'd want to say hello first. Would I'm that kind of person, yeah. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't shit your pants and run? 
Well, if he kind of jumped out from behind a tree, probably, yeah. Unless there's no mountains in him, then maybe I'd be a bit more receptive. Anyway. So we started walking more quickly towards our car and got inside. That's when we started to hear this really high-pitched squealing noise that sounded like a pig being killed. That really spooked us. Have you ever come across anything like this before? Regards, John and Anne. Regards. Regards. I think the thing they came across was a man with a pig mask on. Yeah. But, you know, um, I reckon the Cannock Chase is just a really huge natural place which has spawned a lot of urban legends because apparently Slender Man now also lives there. Excellent. And Slender Man is completely creepypasta. Having said that, I'm not saying I'd be happy to go there on my own next time I'm visiting relatives. If only because I don't really want to wander into one of the bazillion alleged docking spots. Yes. And that is Canic Chase. Well, I consider myself educated. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. And you don't need to go to Canic. <laughs> now I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you already didn't need to go to Canic, but now specifically. Now you've got a real reason to not go to Canic. Yeah. Well, mine my story this week, or this episode even, is uh, completely nowhere near what you've talked about, so... Fabulous, that's what we want. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about the conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney is dead. Yay! Which I have to say, this is my most favourite conspiracy theory. How long have we been talking about David needing to one. talk about... This one. This, yeah. Yeah, because well, I think it was probably about, like... Six or seven years ago, I was off sick one day, and then, you know, when you're just gonna like click in through the internet. Did you fall down the hole? I fell down a hole, and every single website I hit, one would be like, Paul is dead, he's a fake, this is why, and I'd scroll through, going, yeah, oh my god, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I see where they're coming from, and then I click on another one, which was like refuting, and then their evidence would just completely com- convince me, so. <laughs> I have a, a huge allegiance to this general conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's like 9-11 conspiracy theories, but on a much smaller scale. Around one person. Around one person. <laughs> okay, so all my uh, research was from the Foundable Knowledge Wikipedia. Um, so the conspiracy theory itself started in the late 60s. Um, and the general gist of it is that Paul McCartney died... In a car crash in 1966. Um, so, uh, a rumour circulated in January 1967 that this had happened. Um, and there was like a fanzine kind of thing called the Beatles book that addressed it. I was like, this isn't true, blah, 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 blah. Um, but they don't know if that's linked to the car crash that spawned all this Paul is dead thing, mm-hmm. or if it's a separate rumour or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a, a long-running thing. Um, so the Beatles, you might have heard of them. Possibly, <laughs> maybe. Um, that's Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not called that. Um, so yeah, they released uh, Abbey Road in uh, October 1969. Mm-hmm. Um and they weren't really sort of like hugely 
publicising it, going on talk shows and whatever. They were getting ready to split up. Um, so Paul McCartney was in Scotland with uh, Linda McCartney. She had sausages for Um So that's why he wasn't like in the public eyes much. Um, so that's what they want you to believe, yeah. Rachel. That's what they want you to believe. Well, well. Um, so in September nineteen sixty nine, so the month before it was released, um, uh, Tim Harper editor of the Drake Times Delphic, which is a really amazing title for a newspaper. Uh, that was the Drake University newspaper. Um, he published a story with the headline, Is Beetle Paul McCartney Dead? Um, so that was kind of based off the car crash rumour. Um, rumours have been going around at the university campus, which is why he wrote the story. Um, and he mentioned um, clues from recent Beatles albums, though not even the Abbey Road one yet. Yeah. Including that if you play Revolution Nine from the White Album backwards the White Album backwards <laughs> um you can hear Turn Me On Dead Man. Yeah. Um but it Conclusive got, proof. Yeah. Conclusive. But like in the days before the internet and stuff, like it got so far so quickly that like I think it was by the 10th of October, their press office were getting, like, inundated with, like, is Paul dead, is Paul dead kind of stuff. Um, So, in October, um, a caller called in to the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have guessed? As they ever want to do. Yeah. Uh, Into WKNRFM, Detroit radio station. And spoke to like, the DJ about the clues and stuff. And they spent like an hour on the air. Oh my god. Yeah, discussing it. And like other callers were ringing in being like, well, I think blah, 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 blah. Oh my god, can you hear this anywhere? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I need somewhere. to find yeah. it. Um, so yeah, they had a chat about it on air for an hour. Um, two days later, um, a satirical review of Abbey Road was published in the Michigan Daily newspaper. Um, under the headline, McCartney dead, new evidence brought to light. Um, but the writer uh, is called Fred Labor. He actually made up a lot of the clues that he put in this review. I say that if an article has the word proof or evidence in it, it's neither of those things. Yeah, no, he admits that he made up like, yeah. these um, <laughs> clues and stuff. So he was like really surprised that people just sort of like took it and ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the general... Like, origin story of this crash and stuff is that apparently uh, the Beatles had been at a recording session and had a massive argument. And Paul had got in his car and driven off angrily and, like, crashed into a tree and died. Um, he did have a car that crashed. Uh-huh. But he wasn't driving it at the time. He wasn't in it at the time. Mm-hmm. And the friend that was driving it didn't die. So that's another thing that they think the rumour might have come from. Um, but to spare the public, it was decided that instead of breaking the news that Paul McCartney was dead, they decided to replace him with someone who had won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone apparently called William Campbell. Um, so there are loads of clues that people claim point to uh-huh. Paul is dead. 
Um, a lot of them are like songs being played backwards or like little things heard in the background or stuff on album covers and things like that. Um, so apparently, um, the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. Yeah. You can hear John Lennon say, I buried Paul. Like in a mumble. But apparently, the correct lyrics are cranberry sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Whichever of those it is. Yeah. Amazing. And why cranberry sauce when you've got a field full of strawberries? You know, come on, think about it. (laughs) Just now, always going to sing cranberry sauce forever. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you would. (laughs) Um, So the cover of the Abbey Road album Mm -hmm. is supposed to represent a funeral procession. Yeah. So you've got John Lennon yep. wearing white. Mm-hmm. So depending on who's telling you the story, that either represents uh, a ghost, yeah, a dead person, mm-hmm. or a priest. Mm-hmm. Ringo behind him yep. is wearing black, mm-hmm. like an undertaker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Paul. Yeah. Barefoot, eyes closed. Yeah. Like a corpse. Yeah. And uh, George is wearing denim, like a grave digger. What? I mean, we started off tenuous. And then we ended and we got worse. worse yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, in the background, there's like a line of parked cars. Yeah. And the if you draw a line underneath the parked cars, it leads to Paul's head. And apparently, that's like a sign that that's how he died. I mean, I'm going to say too much time on the hands. Well, I listen to this next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a there's a Volkswagen Beetle, not yep. a Beetle Beetle, um, in the background, and the registration plate on that is LMW two eight IF. So apparently, that's supposed to signify LMW Linda McCartney weeps. <laughs> and the 2AIF is supposed to show that if Paul had survived he would be 28 but at the time Abbey Road was released he was 27 you I mean I don't even where do you start yeah you don't <laughs> <laughs> And apparently, there's also clues on the Sergeant Pepper cover. Well, there's clues everywhere, apparently, but I didn't have time for, like, listening <laughs> um, So, on the Sergeant Pepper cover, Paul is the only beetle facing, like, full-on face forward. Yeah. The other ones are sort of slightly at an angle. And apparently, that's because they're posing with a cardboard cutout, because he's dead. Oh, of course. Yeah. But if they'd replaced <laughs> him with a lookalike, they, wouldn't need, whatever, they yeah. wouldn't need well, a cardboard cutout. Well, well, you know... <laughs> Don't argue with me. <laughs> Barely the messenger. Um, and he's the only one holding a black instrument, showing, like, death. Um, so the Beatles press office, uh, 21st of October, 69. Who to... are now fed up with this. Yeah, so they, <laughs> they issued a statement, including, and I quote the phrase, a load of old rubbish. Um... So, in November 1969, Life magazine yeah. tracked him down to Scotland, where he was just, like, chilling. Um, the, he was on the front cover, obviously. And the headline on there was, Paul is still with us. <laughs> and the gist of the um, interview was basically like, 
I don't have anything to say anymore. I want to be a little less famous. You think I've died because I used to be everywhere all the time. Yeah. And now I'm not. Yeah. Um, Capitol Records noticed uh, an increase in sales that year of like all the old Beatles albums as well. Of course. Possibly because people were like, well, now I need to listen for all these clues. Um, so Paul McCartney himself actually referenced the whole rumour thing. Um, in 1993, released a live album called Paulie's Live. <laughs> um, the front cover is like a parody of Abbey Road, so he's like crossing with his dog. And in the background, there's a Volkswagen Beetle with the <laughs> registration plate of like, um, I can't remember what the number was, like 51 is. Because <laughs> like, Paul is the 51 um, at the time of the release. Um and some people, like, get super, super into it. Meow, yeah. Uh, it's Rachel's cat, Winston. Um, I should have said yeah. that earlier when I said oh, I was digging around for it. But, yeah, there's websites and stuff where they will, like, side-by-side compare photographs. And, like, but, oh, yeah, you can see here that his earlobes are attached. And on this picture, his earlobes are unattached and... If you look on this photograph, it's clearly a false earlobe. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I, I was trying to find the website that I first looked at on my sick day. Um, where there was just tons and tons of photographs. And, like, was really convincing to me. Like, in the middle of, like, flu delirium. Um, well, anything's convincing. Anything then. is, yeah. Uh, but I couldn't find it. But um, So I thought I'd cover the, the general gist of the Paul is dead thing rather than... The earlobe. Um, I think stuff. <laughs> an entire podcast about Paul McCartney's earlobes might have been a bit much. Yeah, and, it's yeah. amazing, and it's a visual thing. Podcast, not no. so much. So no, I saw somewhere there was an episode of a podcast about um, uh, ghost photographs with ghosts in. Okay, I'm like, how can you do a podcast about that? I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what but, video podcasts are for, and we do not have the technology. We do not. Well, we do, we just don't have the inclination. <laughs> <laughs> same, <laughs> same difference. Anyway. Um, Paul McCartney is Dead is just the best. Yeah. It's the best. Are you, like, a Beatles fan? I mean, I like the Beatles. Yeah. I like I'm, them, like, uh... my, first, my first album on CD was Sgt. Peppers. Oh, yeah. So no. I, d- I, have a, I have a deep affinity with Sgt. Peppers, and a liking of everything else. Okay. But, um... Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have. Either. I don't have strong feelings. No, me neither. I like Linda McCartney's attitudes though. Excellent. Yeah, like more than I like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note. Uh, so yeah, this has been the Something Odd podcast. Um, we have a Twitter still, which is still S O S C Pod. <laughs> I mean, I could have done the whole thing. It's fine. Um, the email address is soscpodcast at gmail.com. The theme tune at the beginning was by our good friend Tor Charlesworth, who is on Twitter as at Tor Charles. And she's in a band called Salvation Jane. They're very good. And that's it for this week. Bye.